Hello listeners, Chelsea here. Just wanted to give you a heads up. Fables Around the Table She is playing Morkborg, which features a lot of gory and gross imagery, so if that's not your thing, you might want to skip this one. Also, an author's note for this episode. You might hear the player's reference flipping cards, so let me explain that to you real quick. Uh, Something I like to do before our big boss encounters is to run a session where we can get sort of into the emotional state of the characters. So this session was run with no prep except for a deck of tarot cards, which I flipped whenever I needed a new beat or new detail or the players asked to have uh, a card flipped to change the scene. Um... So with that explained, here's Psalm 6 and Never Rise. So as you guys, um, as you guys make camp as you leave town, uh, you notice this mysterious fog kind of rolling in, and it's not like uncomfortable in in many ways. It's almost like thematic after the day you've had. Uh, it's sort of sweet smelling in a, in a strange way, and maybe it could be because you've left that. Uh, terrible, awful thieves' den of a town. Uh, But there is, like, a a strange comfort in it as you guys fall asleep in camp. Um, Once again, you have this horrible, terrible, brain-rattling dream. Uh, Once again, you're in front of the, the tall tower, more grotesque than you can even imagine. Uh... Veins and tendons uh, stick out of it, um, sort of keeping the new flesh trunks taped on to the outsides of this building. Um, You notice out in front of it more and more weapons coated with viscera and gore, uh, lying like the worst lawn flamingos you've ever seen in your life. Um, The ground like rumbles mechanically, almost as if there's some kind of grinder hidden beneath it. Uh, it feels unsafe, uh, the air feels unsafe, it's almost heavy, like there's pressure pushing down on you from all sides, um, especially down from above, uh, you can feel in your knees just immense pressure, something trying to push you down and, and subject you to the, to the pain you feel all around you, um, and all of this, as you wake up, is, is... You, you feel within your body, but the most, uh, the, the one thing that none of you can shake is the, the terrifying roar that comes from inside this place. Um, before, it's always felt just monstrous and, you know, indecipherable, just a, a cry of rage. But this time it almost sounds like there's something more to it. It sounds almost like it's calling for you. And so, how do you feel about that kind of dream? <laughs> Not great, Bob. Not wonderful. <laughs> um, when when you wake up and, and start the day, uh, the fog is still around. Um, it's kind of 
nice to, to feel something that's not grime against your skin, but the wetness is unappreciated. Um, the fog is so thick that you can barely see more than 20 feet in front of you. Uh, do you, do you find that concerning at all? Nah. I imagine if there's kind of stumbling around a bit and, you know, kind of stretching his arms out, trying to make sure he's not going to run into something or trip and fall on like a sloping path or a rock or something like that. Oh, I'll take care <laughs> of this old man. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, last thing he needs is to fall in like, yeah, for real or something. <laughs> no coming yeah. back from that. Um, after after his experience in the alleyway yesterday being held at knife point, uh, Torben's probably pretty uneasy, just not not being able to gauge his surroundings. Um, just I'm sort of running on the assumption that someone is watching and following um, that, you know, that this fog is not necessarily an impediment to them. And as an aside, um, mm-hmm. is Nashai still following me? Yes. Okay. Does, I, I don't know if this was ever established. Is is it just like, just like a hulking shadow? Like, does this have like any like lights on it? Or is it just like a giant construct thing that like in in this i would just see like the shadow of it if it got close enough or are there like are the do the eyes like light up with flame or anything like that um there aren't any parts of him that seems to glow or give up light um it's hard for you to tell what exactly um it looks like or what it's made out of um when torben sees it it's almost always like backlit so it's almost always in shadow and silhouette okay um, the only thing that Torben is aware of is that it can also turn into animals like him. Okay. All right. Um, as, as, um, as he kind of eyes the fog, he'll just sort of keep an eye out for any signs of Nishai, sort of with the thought in mind that I, even though I don't know exactly why this thing is following me, it has not hurt me and in some cases has helped me. Yeah. Uh, you guys pack up camp and continue on your way after sort of finding what little bearings you can. Yeah, and I'd imagine that uh, Torben is sort of like impatient and like hurrying them along. Um, I acknowledge that yesterday was a very emotionally draining day for uh, for Nether and Yotna. Um, but like, we've got this whole apocalypse thing that someone just held me at knife point and was like, you gotta go. So Torben is like ready to get moving at the first sign of light. Yeah. I would appreciate if you let me go at my own pace, Torben. Well, we need to make some sort of pace. The, uh, I think... Maybe the end of the world is a reason for a little, uh, little extra spring in your step there. Mm. My world is more or less ended already. Aww. <laughs> Don't make me feel bad about killing this bird. <laughs> you horrible, horrible, evil person. I know. 
You made your choice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So as you guys start making your way in the direction you're pretty sure is correct, um, you walk for a while kind of quietly to yourselves um, until you realize that quiet is a little more uncanny than you remember it being. It seems like even beneath your feet, um, the the grass and twigs beneath you are no longer making noise as you stomp and stamp over them. It's like it is just like moving in silence. Yeah, complete absolute silence. Um, Nathera will just like clap his hands together to see if it is there's very- a sound. From from his hands, it is very, like, deafened. Um, it, it doesn't ring or echo throughout the the, the forest area here. Uh, that's strange. Um, your voices are unaffected, though. You can clearly hear each other. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that's... <laughs> I wanted to make sure that was clear. <laughs> Just start screaming at the top of my lungs. <laughs> Um, well, that probably means that if there's anything else out here, we won't be able to hear them coming either. Just everyone keep your eyes open and stay alert. Mm, Yes, all right. Um, and you keep going a little bit further, the sound still, like, the silence is definitely the heaviest thing about you right now. Um, until you feel this surge of pain through your hand that's branded. Um, It's only for a quick moment, but it's almost like a lightning bolt sears through your arm. Um, Is that alarming to anyone? (laughs) Um, Not particularly alarming, since Nathair's experienced this a few times already, but, I mean, it's still a horrible pain, and he probably howls out and kind of stops and holds his hand to make sure it's not being, like, stabbed yeah. or attacked or yeah, something. Yeah, it's, it's definite. Yotna's just kind of annoyed with it at this point. <laughs> She's getting sick of the random pains, and she just wants it to stop. Yeah, Torben um, is... It, it's definitely uncomfortable, but is still, like, full speed ahead. And as he sees um, Nathair slow down... Um, to, like, look at his hand, he'll just sort of utter out, we gotta keep moving, old man. Uh, I'm sick of hurting well, like this. one way or another, we're almost out of it. Mm, I suppose you're right. Um, and as you stop and have this moment, you hear this dragging across the ground. It sounds like somebody is, is hauling something of, of considerable weight, um, perhaps wrapped up in a cloth. Um, it is startling because it's the first sound you've heard besides your own voice in nearly an hour. Looking... Can we tell what direction it's coming from? It's coming from the... in front of you. Are there any, uh, like, shapes in the fog or anything? There is. Very quickly, um, a a figure approaches. A hulking-sized man. He's got a, a helmet on that reaches down and and seemingly covers his eyes, but you can feel very intensely that he's looking at the three of you. Um, He is carrying um, 
a sword in one hand, uh, bigger than you've ever seen in your life. And he does seem to be dragging a sack of something behind him. Does he look friendly at all? Perhaps like he will not uh, <laughs> slice this into pieces? I think the more important question is, does he look murderous at all? <laughs> I, well, I'm okay. less worried about friends Same and more worried wording. about enemies. Poor <laughs> <laughs> K. Nolo's dose. <laughs> exactly. Um... He he stops far away enough where you can't um, get like a super good look at him, but the way that he's carrying himself, it looks like this is a meaty enough guy that in your current state, you probably wouldn't want to fight him. Um, he's not standing in a way that looks like he's ready to like fuck you guys up or anything, um, but his sword is at the like in his hand and ready to attack. So. You know, that thought is very present in your mind that he could attack you. Um, I'll just shout out through the fog. Um, do you mean to let us pass? Um, he stays quiet and points his sword at you, Torben. Um, he doesn't say anything, but... He then throws the, the the cloth bag in front of you, and it lands at your feet with, like, a sickening splat. Um, it's not open, but you may open it mm -hmm. if you wish. <laughs> Nathera will peek around your shoulder with sick curiosity, wondering what could make such a sound, but will allow Torben the space to open it. If you like. <laughs> if you want. If you, if you so choose. No pressure. Um, because it's what we're doing this episode, this feels important. So draw that card. Oh, yeah. Very nice. So the figure drops his sword to his side. Not just, like, on the ground. He, like, stops pointing mm -hmm. it at you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, he he lowers his sword. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and let, let me think about how I want to how I want to words this. This this was a cool card. <laughs> Torben, you kind of look down at the the bag, and then you look up at the figure again, and you are instantly reminded of your time back with the um. Communion. The communion. That's what it is. I was like it was some religious name, yeah. and I couldn't come up with it. <laughs> yeah. Um. You you look up at the sky, and you're reminded of your time with the communion, and this is you sort of recognize the way this man stands and his his body shape, and even the sword a little bit. This is somebody who was there with you. Um, or if he wasn't there exactly, he's somebody that the other people that were held with you um, told stories about. Um, there were rumors of a man who escaped all of that. Um, and the more you heard the stories, it was sort of like the more um, you were able to kind of like believe getting out and, and getting away from these people was possible. It was sort of like the only um, tale you guys had to uh, 
like keep any kind of hope uh in yourselves instead of just falling completely to despair um you remember that this is a person that was successfully um experimented on and he was able to use that power to um turn it against the communion and and get away um i'll pick up the bag but not open it and i'll look up at him and at, um i trying to remember i don't think i like knew exactly where like the dungeon i was held in i believe that's correct am i remembering that right okay um so um so i'll just ask him then as i as i hold the bag um what do you know of the communion um i know what their intention was and they will never be able to succeed I'll open the bag. So, Torben, what you experience is you open the bag and you see the corpses of all of the animals you can turn into. Um, and they immediately spring to life. You can feel them kind of crawl up you and, and reach inside of you. Uh, Jotna and um, Nathair, you don't see this. You just see the, the pile of dead animals. Um but Torben, you, you can feel them, like, reaching in and, and sort of, like, it doesn't hurt, but you can feel them trying to rend at you. Um, you, mm-hmm. you imagine, and you can see wounds happening, though they do not hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just fall, out, fall to my knees and let out this, like, painful, sorrowful yell. Uh, Nathar and Yotna, does that scare you at all? <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm going to run up and kind of shake Torben like by the shoulders. Uh, Torben, what is happening to you? Snap out of this. Yotna is going to kind of back away a little bit. <laughs> um, Torben probably doesn't notice Nithair coming up, but um, I'll just yell out. Why did they do this to me? Uh, I... Um, After your... your, your 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 yowl of pain i guess to to add that little mm-hmm. like animalistic yeah. flair to it yeah um the 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 animals are now dead in the bag again um they are no longer attacking you um and you can look down and you can see your your body is 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 fine um you look up again to where um the the figure was standing and he's no longer there I'll just stay sort of in that kneeling, um, like head down, just staring at my hands and arms, um, just in like, in like a state of shock almost. Um, Nathero kind of clap you on the shoulder and say, you said it best yourself. We have a lot of ground to cover. (laughs) And with that, um, just a deep, sigh and Torben will slowly make his way back onto his feet and um, just sort of mope along trying to make sense of what happened Um, you guys continue forward Um, the sound once again becoming highly deafening Um, now I imagine anxiety is a little peaked um 
after what happened. Is that incorrect to assume? That would be correct. Nope. <laughs> nah. Um, Yotna and the Thare, uh, what kind of scariness do you think could be lurking in in this fog? Um, I I imagine you're able to assume that this this event that just happened seemed suspiciously deeply personal to Torben. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Um, so is there something that? you guys are afraid of that might reappear from your own kind of traumatic pasts? Um, going just even very recently, I imagine like like the ghost of a bird plus like many others coming to like peck out Nathair's eyeballs and insides and everything just pick away his corpse and Ooh. leave. Yotna is um, worried that um, the angry, uh, I guess you could call them spirits of all of the peasants and poor folk that were, um, taken advantage of by her family, um, as royalty and, like, taking all of their, um, the fruits of their labor and not you know, taking care of them in return. She's kind of afraid that that might show up and uh, bite her in the ass, essentially. Ooh, spooky. I like it. Uh. <laughs> um, so with those anxieties kind of r- rattling around in your minds, um, oddly enough, that rattling feels more and more real. It almost sounds like there's some kind of... Um, a rumbling stampede coming from behind you. Um, you can sort of hear the the moans of like a disorganized mob um, approaching you. Uh, they there's still a, a decent ways back, but you can tell as time uh, progresses, they're getting closer and closer and closer. Um, you can hear just sort of like uh, destruction behind you. Yotna is gonna quicken her pace. <laughs> uh, do you all decide to, to to pick up the pace a little bit? Do we all do we all hear this? Just yeah. Yes, okay. oh, the three of you do. Uh, yes. Yeah, Nathera will shuffle faster. Yeah, and Torben will pick up his pace as well. Uh, is it like you guys are just like moving a little bit faster, or are we like running at this point? I imagine like as it sounds like it's getting closer and closer and angrier and angrier, mm-hmm. we start going faster and faster maybe to the point of like a brisk run yeah 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 okay so as you um start picking up the pace you notice as um your own kind of fear is starting to overtake you the ground in front of you gets a little more um unsteady um you're you're sort of navigating through like a forest so like it's already not flat to begin with but you're noticing now there's more like big rocks you have to navigate and roots that come up that seem to be potential tripping hazards and mysterious holes in the in the ground um and what are you guys afraid that this um mysterious like stampede noise behind you might do to you Besides, like, obviously killing you, but, like, is, is there, like, a specific... F- is there, like, a specific flavor that you guys are, are are afraid of? Um... I imagine the Thera imagines it's, like, um... 
Athelia's people coming to, like, freeze him to death or something. Ooh, okay. Um, and with that, it does feel suddenly, stunningly um, cold. Um, whereas the, the, the fog kind of had this, like, chilling, like, relaxing dew quality to it, now it is cold and frigid against your skin. I kind of shiver as I run along. Um, and the tension builds. They get, they, they're they getting closer. You can hear them more clearly now. Um, they don't seem to be yelling anything in any language you understand, but um, there seems to be some kind of, like, mass of people trying to overtake you. Um, the ground in front of you continues to get more and more um, unstable until finally you find yourself um, against what looks to be like a, a open pit and there there appears to be no way across no no bridge no bluffs to climb nothing like that there is a bridge but it is like one of those very cartoony rickety old bridges who put this here how is this here hmm. um, it's missing planks every couple of steps and it looks like if you look at it too hard the the ropes will mold away into nothing Ooh, let's flip the card for Yotna. Let's flip the card for Yotna! Hey, that's pretty good. So, Yotna, this bridge reminds you of a royal trap um, where you would make something look just like, you know, th this thing looks like there's no way it could support a single person, let, an let alone the three of you. Um... But your family has had traps that look like this in order to deter people, because it's almost a, a safe bet to assume people are smarter than they might be. Um, so for somebody to look at a bridge like this, you can almost guarantee that they're going to think, eh, it's probably not a good idea, let's find something else. Um, Fair. But you can kind of see, based on... You know, how many planks are missing, kind of the pattern of it, sort of the, the wood they're made out of with your um, discerning eyes, that this is a recreation and that this this bridge is probably very safe. I'm going to uh, go right for the bridge and kind of wave um, Neferen, like wave to Neferen Torben, like, like it's safe, let's go and just kind of surge forward onto it. And it still looks, like, super rickety to me. Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, Nether... Follow me, guys. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> uh, Nether will very cautiously follow Yotna. Same. Okay, so yeah, you guys get on the bridge, and, you know, you take that first step, and you can feel the wood kind of bend underneath you, and you're like, oh no, this is the worst idea we've ever had. Um, <laughs> but the bridge holds, and you guys are able to kind of, like, skedaddle over it. Um, once you get about halfway, you can feel um, it start to sway from the ground behind you, rumbling um, from, from the people behind it. Um... But you, you're able to to trust Yotna, I, or something. I guess I, I maybe I'm assuming it's trust. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you guys are able to desperation. Yeah, you guys are able to to reach the very end of the bridge um, before you can feel it start to fall out underneath you. 
and with some some quick deft maneuvering you're able to kind of like hop off this bridge before it falls slack um, against the the other end of the pit was it supposed nice. to um, a- asking Yotna was it supposed to do that fall I falling I've I mean. seen <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Yota's gonna um, be pretty confident about it. Um, say, well, <laughs> yeah, of course. That's how these things are made. All right then. <laughs> of course, that's how they're made. <laughs> Can't you see art when it happens? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you guys kind of um, stop to, to take a, a, a moment um, to, to look back over this pit. Um, and though the th- fog is thick, you can hear the sounds of just people pouring into this pit, um, falling and, and um, like smacking against the other side of the, the, the walls. Um, Let's open up this pit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it is alarming, um, the more that these, um, what used to be sort of like a disgruntled moans turn into, um, painful screams, um, as they, they fall tumbling can, and tumbling down. Um, can we put, um, let the body sit the floor by drowning pool in the <laughs> Perfect. Oh, something's got to give. Um, and after a moment of, of just listening to the, the chaotic screams and the, 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 the sound of, uh, flailing and bodies smacking into each other, um, the air is once again, um, very, very quiet, almost disturbingly so. Do I have a sense of which way we are trying to go? And where we've come from. Does it seem like we've been going around in circles? <laughs> um, you feel very disoriented from the fog, but you are pretty sure that you've been walking in the same direction the entire time, okay. at, le- at the very least. Um, from the maps that you've seen of this area, you there's no way a bridge or pit like this could exist. So that's a little mm-hmm. alarming. Um, but lost is not the word I would use to describe how you're feeling, if that is helpful. <laughs> hmm. What would you guys like to do now? Keep trudging or? Um, I suppose keep going. Yeah. Do the direction we were heading. And we keep on marching forward hello listeners we're finally back after a small break i hope you didn't miss us too much uh, I also hope that you've been enjoying this episode of Fables Around the Table She. I know this one's a little different, but I hope it's still interesting all the same. 
As a reminder, we're playing Morkborg, a self-described doom metal album of a game. It's designed by Helen Nielsen and published by Free League Publishing. If you can get your hands on a physical copy of this game, I would highly recommend it. Allow me to introduce you to our players. First up is Josh Medor playing Torben. Josh is a good friend to us at Project Derailed, and we're so happy to have him play the game. Next, playing Yotna, is Annalise Torella. Annalise is an excellent artist and our resident metalhead, and she's been giving an excellent performance this season. Finally, Garrett Kimmel plays our favorite old man, Nathair. You'll know Garrett from previous seasons of Fables Around the Table, including our first season, Curse. Garrett is a member of Northern Weather, a Midwest emo band who has recently released their first album, A Shade of Melancholy. If you're interested in checking that out, which I recommend you do, you can find Northern Weather on Bandcamp and Spotify, and you can follow the band on Twitter at Northern Weather, but with none of the vowels. And also, I'm Chelsea Rexinger. I'm the art director at Project Derailed, and you'll know me from other Project Derailed podcasts like Cape Chronicles, a mass actual play, where I play Royale, as well as many fable seasons, including Tainted Love, Tiffany, and our previous season, Candlelight. Speaking of candles, I'm also co-owner of Plot Kindling Candles, a candle business dedicated to turning your tabletop characters to their own scented candles. You can find us at etsy.com shop slash plot kindling candles to start the process of designing your own custom candle today. I'd also like to give a special shout out to Tom Goldthwaite for working on some of the music used in She. The music he developed really helped pull the whole thing together. Thanks, Tom. If you like what we've been doing here on Fables or one of our other fine podcasts, you can support us on Patreon. Just $5 a month can give you access to extended retrospectives for Tales of the Voidfarer, a D&D 5e actual play, Cape Chronicles, our mask actual play, bonus content for It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast, and a whole other podcast where the Project Derail crew chats about their goings-on. You can find a link to our Patreon on our website at projectderailed.com and also in our show notes. Another thing you can do to help the podcast is to give it a rating and review on Spotify and Apple Music. If you enjoyed the time you spent with us, this is an excellent way to let us know. Thank you for listening to Fables Around the Table. Please enjoy the rest of the episode. Um, you guys start to move forward again, and this time the quiet lasts for almost a disturbingly long time. Um, you kind of were you're you're on edge, notably from you know you're already uh, the experiences you've already had. Um, so almost the the lack of anything happening and the lack of that kind of stimulation is alarming in itself um are are you guys comforted at all by just like the complete absolute silence it's a little bit better than, yeah it's a little bit better than the the screaming of all of the bodies <laughs> falling into the pit so yeah, yeah i guess I that's, that's fair. A <laughs> silver, small silver lining in in this journey yeah. um 
I feel like no. Go ahead. Mine is a after this discussion question. Okay. Um, I was just going to say, Nether is actually probably a little disturbed by it in a way because he's so unused to quiet and having that like time with only his rambling, wandering thoughts is almost more unsettling than even the screams. During like this period of silence, do we get some of Nether's trademark random giggles? Oh my god. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope. Probably not, actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like he's almost too... The situation's not quite right, I guess. Okay. Yeah, that makes okay. sense. That's how you know it's like for serious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, so what what I was gonna ask is there so I know that Torben's changes are random. Mm -hmm. But there is one in particular that I want to try and get does would torben feel i what i'm thinking is trying to make myself turn into the bone skulled raven mm -hmm. so i can try and get above this fog or like perch in a tree somewhere to get a lay of the land um with again with that randomness would Torben feel like he has maybe the ability to develop some sort of control over how he transforms? Well, here's the thing that Torben's kind of been sitting with since he was attacked by those animals. Um, kind of reflecting upon having all of them on him and all of them sort of attacking him and, and piercing through through his body. Um he feels like he sort of has a better understanding of the pain of of these these animals that that they go through um he can relate his pain to theirs and he feels almost like this strange um like he's had a connection to these kinds of animals before but mm -hmm. it is now like even more intimate than it's ever been um mm -hmm. And because of the sudden, like, closeness with these animals, he feels like he might be able to focus himself to transform into whatever he wants to. Okay. Very cool. <laughs> um, so with that, like, when we, like, as a group start to slow down and need a rest, um, Torben is going to... Um, I'll... Uh, is would sort of now be that time or is there some other stuff do we need to keep going to uh if everybody else would like to stop we can do that now is that okay with everyone sure. else i'm sure nathair would appreciate a break yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh then yeah go ahead so torben is going to just sort of um, find a, a little bit of a raised area, whether it's just like a little mound of dirt or a rock or, you know, some like a big tree stump or something, just something that's a little elevated um, and just stand with his eyes closed, head up to the sky and sort of arms out, but down by his, um, down by his waist Um and focus super hard on 
transforming, controlling his transformation and turning into a bone skulled raven um, in that attempt to sort of get a better lay of the land and see what, if anything, is happening around them or where, what a clearer path might be. Yeah. And just go into like this almost like meditative state of just slowly breathe in, slowly breathe out. And sort of focus in on that silence around him. Yeah. Um, he gets up and the fog is um, still all-consuming. But as he's sort of, like, taking it all in, um, becoming one with the area around him, <laughs> um, Torben is able to identify that this isn't normal. Like, this isn't just some, like, weird weather happening. There's something, like, obscenely magical about what's happening. And with that, um, he's going to think about the animals he felt sort of clawing at him earlier and try and focus in on um, sort of that bird's beak that drilled into his arms a little bit um, and try and sort of channel that that pain into himself and transform into the raven yeah um the pain is still there but torben is used to sort of like bones popping and like gross sounds and stuff none of that is to be heard Ooh, am i a raven now you are a raven now yeah uh um are you close enough to the others that they can see you or have you kind of like yeah away? i would i would stay within like within that short visibility i know you said it was like 20 or 25 yeah. feet like i'll try and stay um like i don't want them thinking that i've just wandered off and left them okay. here um but like i'm not i don't specifically tell them hey i'm gonna try this <laughs> i just like sort of go and you know do my thing but within sight of them so they right. so that if i do transform they can see it and know that i did my thing right okay so um yeah you don't know in the fair you you can see this happen and hear no sound um i was just concerned that torben just sort of like walked off into the fog <laughs> and then it's just never to be seen again <laughs> peace out i'm going home <laughs> fuck y'all i'm leaving sounds a lot like <laughs> Sounds a lot like a you problem now. <laughs> um, yeah, so you're you're a bird, and um, yeah. there, and you know, you are aware that this is happening, and you can kind of like make mm -hmm. out where Torben is. <laughs> yeah. And for um, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was gonna say, without that pain of transformation for the first time um, since he's picked up this curse, you know, Torben takes almost joy in what he's become um just sort of flying around like a bird would um just sort of enjoying the flight itself before going up and trying to get above the fog or find a higher perch to um to survey yeah um so he probably like flies a couple loops around where Yotna and Nathair are and you know sort of lands in front of them and and cause friendly like and takes off again and 
just sort of enjoys the moment for once. Yeah, it's it's a moment of like qual- quiet um quiet joy after this couple these couple weeks of hell. Um as Torpin's flying around, um he notices that the farther away he seems to get from the other two, the more pressure he feels on his body. Um almost to the point where when he flies high enough up into the air it's almost crippling like he could fall to the ground like a rock okay so after you know five ten minutes of flying around he will sort of land back on that same area where he first transformed and um turned back into uh, Torben and pick his clothes back up and get dressed. He doesn't even have to stay naked now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Nefer. And all and sorry. And after I land, I'll convey that information to um to the other two that as we separate it. Yeah. It, the feeling gets worse. Um, Nefer, what is it like seeing uh your friend fly around like as a bird? Yeah. Oof. Oh, my uh, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, so, I feel um... like sh- I feel like shit now. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh no. Nefer's pretty upset, and actually, I think this is probably a great time to draw a card. Draw a card. Excellent. Um. So yeah, keep telling me how you feel. Sure. Um. Nefer is um, at first like almost elated to see what he immediately believes is Roger again something magical happened but then he realizes that no it's uh Torben and he sort of regresses for a moment and almost feels like he's being taunted in a way yeah he does feel like he's being taunted um especially when as he's watching um you know you you, you can't hear any sounds Except you do hear that this bird seems to 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 make the same kind of bird call as Rafter did, um, and Torben lands and uh, changes back and, and tells you how to feel, but you can still hear the bird calls in the back of your head, and in fact you can still hear flapping uh, above the the three of you. Um, I point my head up to try and locate the source of said flapping. Uh, and you see a handful of shadows moving above you, um, flying around in bird patterns. Um, they're high enough up you can't discern them as birds quite yet, but you can see the spots where they might be flying. Um, Nathera will just kind of, I, I imagine he's like sitting down, you know, taking a rest. Um, he'll kind of just retra- retract himself into the fetal position, more or less, and say, um, Forgive me. Forgive me. Take me if you must. Please forgive me. Uh, Yotna and Torben, you don't you don't understand what's happening. You don't see these birds or hear anything at all. Um, Torben would probably not connect the dots for a couple of minutes. <laughs> Just looking to there being a weird old man again. <laughs> and then yeah, and then it clicks of like, oh, oh, um. And I'll I'll look over to Yotna and ask, do you think I should 
talk to him and um should I talk to him? Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> um yeah, Torbinol awkwardly make his way over to Nether. Before you get there. Oh no. Nether. In your pocket, you feel like something is starting to burn. Um, Nether will reach into his pocket to try to find the source of said burning. Um, in your haphazard kind of like a momentary panic because ah, fire, um, you sort of empty your pockets, <laughs> um, and you real you you pull out the the spine of of um, Ravger. And it is glowing this fiery red right now, and it hurts to touch. You feel like um, your hand is going to scar after you've you've turned you've you've touched this. Um, I throw it to the ground and start giggling. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um. Torben, uh, to you, since you are like watching this happen, uh, the flute seems fine. I'll pause for a moment and um, head over, and before I keep heading over to him, and just sort of kneel in front of him and reach out and put my hand on his shoulder and, and try to try to look him in the face. Um, th does he stop giggling when I do this? Um. I imagine it gets a little bit quieter, but you can still kind of hear that. <laughs> Nathair, I am truly sorry for doing that. I didn't even think about you and Ravger. Um, and Nathair's going to try to reach out to um, to grab uh, the remains of Ravger again uh, to see if they're still, like, glowing hot. They are. Um, okay. And in fact, it's getting so hard. So hard. It's getting so hot <laughs> um, <laughs> that it seems to be taking in the fog due to all of the, like, the water moisture. And it's almost boiling the air through it. So it's starting to whistle. Almost like a kettle that's that's on. Um, I'm going to take it, and I'm going to press it against the side of Torben's face, and giggle oh. all the while. Uh, so Nathair, to you, <laughs> it looks like you are you are leaving a scar in his face. It looks like part of his cheek is starting to burn. Torben, you you have a bone being pressed into your face. <laughs> it's weird, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yona's watching this like what the hell is yeah, going after, on um, a, a, we'll say like 10-15 seconds of that um, Torben will just like pat him a couple times on the shoulder and stand back up and Nathair is like pretty much gone from giggling to like rolling on the floor laughing at this point and like he i imagine <laughs> that he like falls over to the side holding his gut because he is just dying of laughter 
<laughs> I mean, same. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, 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 the flute continues the whistle. Um, and uh, the fair, you can see that um, it like steam is coming out of the end of it. Um, the longer it seems to to go on, the more it seems to be more like a like a like a bird song. Um, and it's almost pretty the way it sounds um, now that it's no longer like a like a like a shriek. Mm. I imagine as Nathair like begins hearing that his, his laughter will subside and he'll actually like look at it inquisitively and try and listen intently to the song. Yeah, um, it's still very hot in his hands, um, uh, scaldingly so. Um, but the song sounds like one that Ravger has sung before. Um, Nathera will try his best to, like, whistle along with it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very pretty, and the flute seems to to respond to that, um, in, in that, um, it, it gets a little louder. It gets a little more um, sincere sounding in a, in a way. Um, Torben and Yotna, you're seeing the fair whistle at this flute. <laughs> <laughs> Yotna is kind of used to his weirdness at this point, so she's not really that phased. Yeah, Torben's um. just like, let him do his thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the fair, as as you sing to it, it does seem to glow even brighter and even hotter, um, almost as if your song is giving it some kind of power. Hmm. Nathair will try his best to commit this song to memory, and yeah. um, for however long it goes on for. But then, like once it subsides, um, he'll put he'll put the remain the flute, Roger, back in his pocket and try to come to his feet yeah he is able to to memorize the song perfectly it doesn't take much time at all um the song deeply touches his heart um as a memory of his old friend and just a a moment of beauty on on this day um eventually the flute does stop glowing and you put it away and you guys are able to be fine for a moment (laughs) So you guys continue to move forward. All of you are sort of uh, shaken by by these experiences. Um, it seems like the further forward you go, um, just kind of the weight of everything hangs on you. Um, you've had some good moments today. You've had some not great moments today. Um, and that combined with the quiet of only your thoughts seems to only intensify those feelings for you. You walk forward for who knows how long in just the empty silence. Um, Nothing but the pressure of the fog building around you. Um, Until finally it feels so heavy, it's difficult to keep going. Should we take another break? Um, Whatever we all feel is best, I suppose. Out, where were we trying to go? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember there was somewhere, um, but I cannot remember because we were in Sarkash, weren't we? Yeah, 
I I know this is a meta question, but weirdly enough, that is something you guys are sort of struggling to remember yourselves. What are you even looking for? Where are you going? I will I will answer this question after we get through this. I promise you guys are getting to where you're going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um but just after walking for so long in the science and the quiet and having all of these traumatic things happen today, you you sort of take a moment to reflect, where are you even going? Do you even remember? What's even the point of any of this? Sounds a lot like old Torben talking there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Torben will, like, rack his brain for a little bit and even if he doesn't come up with like the exact answer of here is where i'm trying to go that still that feeling of like i need to keep going because there's something i need to accomplish is like still there in his head even Mm -hmm. if the exact details are are getting fuzzy yeah yotna is gonna kind of just plop down on the ground and pull out her puzzle cube and just kind of roll it around in her hands like she does for comfort. Yeah. Mm, I'm just following them. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, Yotna, the weird thing about that puzzle cube, you know, you, you've never known what it was for or what, what the point of it is. Um, it's always brought you great comfort, but you've also sort of had this feeling that it's going to be important. Um, much like it did uh, when the witch from the previous town had it, it begins to rattle sort of um, unhappily. Um, and the longer you kind of stare at it, the more wild and chaotic it, it, it starts going. Um, your, your brand burns in your hand again. Um, is is it alarming to you that it's, it's starting to react again? Um, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, she kind of drops it in surprise and picks it back up. Uh, yeah, it... When it hits the ground, the alarming thing is that you can hear it. Um, this is the first sound that you've heard in, in a long time. And when it hits the ground, it sounds like metal hitting metal. Um, it's a loud clang. Um, and once it does, oddly enough, you also start to smell something. Um, the air fills with the smell of iron and death, um, rotting, uh, just rotting, just everywhere. Um, yeah, Yotna's not stoked about that. Um, can the others smell it, or is it just her? Yes, it's the three of you can smell this. And the, the three of you oh, heard the sound. Uh, what is it this time? Um, the cube continues to rattle and, and jostle chaotically. Um, you almost have to like keep a tight hold on it, or else it'll fly out of your hands again. Um... And through the fog, you can hear the sound again of metal on metal. But instead of just like, you know, this big metal clump hitting like the floor, it sounds almost like swords clashing and, and weapons happening in, in, in the far distance. Does it sound like it's coming from a specific 
direction, or is it sort of all around us? It's all around you. It's almost all encompassing. Um, and due to, you know, these, these are the first sounds you've heard in, in quite a long time. Um, it echoes throughout your brain um, with just like how loud it seems. Yotna is going to set the cube back down and pull out Poltroon's balls. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> the cube kind of dances along the, the ground as it, as it rattles and shakes, um, and the runes are alight on the balls of Poltroon. Yeah. <laughs> um, and everyone can see this as well. Are the balls reacting to the cube? Um, it's hard to say, but the the runes were not uh, glowing before. Okay, so just stuff's going down right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, the 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 sounds of of metal clashing and just like. It's hard to say, but it just sounds like unmitigated violence happening all around you um, starts to build and build. Um, y- you can't see anything. There's no shadows in the fog, but just the sound is is deafening. Does this sound like something we've been hearing in our dreams? It does. Hmm. It feels very familiar in that way. And especially the smell. Once I can, once Torben connects those those dots, um, he'll he'll look at Yotna and Nether, um, and just calmly say, "I think this is where we need to be. I think this is where whatever we need to do. This is this is the place." Yotna nods in agreement. Nether will um will hug the remains of Ravger to his side and stand and kind of prepare himself as best as he can. Yeah, and strangely enough, with this admission and this realization, um, the fog, which has sat very heavy on all of you, um, and and as you've traveled, you can feel it start to swirl around you, um, almost like you're caught in a tidal wave. you were disoriented before, but that doesn't compare to, to how you feel now. Um, the It's hard to, to keep your balance just as the air pushes and moves around. Um, the, the sounds get louder, the smell gets thicker, and beneath you as you stomp around trying to, to keep your balance, you can hear the, the splicks of the wet, blood-soaked ground beneath you. Is that alarming to everyone? <laughs> Quite. Yeah. Very much <laughs> <For sure>. so. <laughs> okay. Um, so as you're all sort of caught up in this emotion, uh, you're trying to to not get caught up in, in you know, just the, the state of danger, the cyclone of danger you're stuck inside of. Um, what overtakes that sound is the sound of a um, a blade. It sounds like it's cutting through the air very fast and very heavily. Um, and then a loud crash. You guys feel the, the rumble in the ground as um, the, this crash happens. And when you look up again, the, the fog seems to start to clear around where, where this crash has happened. 
And what you see is this giant sword piercing through the puzzle cube, which is now cut in half. Um, the, the fog starts to dissipate around it. Can Yotna touch the sword? Yeah! The closer she gets, the more she feels like she's seen this thing before. She is going to pick it up. Yeah! It's very heavy and very long. This thing's probably taller than Yotna herself. Um, nice. And as she examines it um, along the hilt, there is um, a bit of red cloth tied to it. Would she have seen... Would this remind her of anything? The last time that you've seen red that has not been from a body um, was at Lady Adriana's. Okay. Now, so is it, like, tied on the hilt of the sword? Yes. Can she, like... I don't know if she wants to untie it. it Does she associate this as being, like, a gift from Lady Adriana? I think that is a... a uh, Acceptable read on it, yes. <laughs> okay. It's a safe assumption. Cool. All right. Well, she's. I guess Yona has a sword now. <laughs> <laughs> a very heavy <laughs> sword <laughs> that she can barely lift um, up. Yeah, and if you check the book, that's going to be. Um, I guess that's going to be a Svihander. Um, so that when you roll to do damage with that, Ooh. it'll be a d10. Nice. Let me write that down. Literally German Do you know for two-hander. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, 22 slash three. Yes. Oh, it gosh. is this big fucking thing down there at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> big boy. Big boy. Yeah. <laughs> Literally two-hander. Um... So as, you know, you, you guys kind of approach the sword and you realize what it is, um, the fog around you starts to clear. It feels like this is the first time you've seen anything for real all day. Um, and you see below you kind of the blood-soaked ground, um, a path leading up to a giant building. Um, you see rows and rows of swords and clubs and axes laid out in front like some makeshift graveyard. Um, the smell of rusting iron from not only, you know, these weapons, but also the blood caked on them. Um, and you look in front of you and you see not a, not a coliseum made of flesh and meat, but one that's old and dilapidated, you know, this is probably, was it once somebody's castle? Um, but has fallen into some very uh, severe disrepair. Um, and the last thing that you hear is this uh, voracious roar from the inside, um, loud enough to shake the ground beneath you and shake you to your very core. Uh, and I think that's where we're going to end today. Would somebody like to roll me a d6? Uh, I forget who did last. Um, it's been a while since I have. I Do think it. I've only done it once. Yeah. It me and it's a D six. Yep. Alrighty. Uno. And Torben, the only thing that comes to your mind is, you shall know. The last day is come. The sun shall set and never rise. 
fuck yeah. Nice. Uh, and that's the nice. session. I hope you guys had fun. Absolutely. Yes. That was so good. And we will conclude next time. <laughs> I got a big sword. As you walk down the sidewalk, passing shops of all kinds, the cold wind stinging against your cheeks as the snow beneath your feet gives a light crunching, you see a sign above your goal, Chronicle Comics. You open the door, the ding of the bell letting the clerk know someone has entered. He looks up at your familiar face and says, Hey, uh, that comic you were picking up ended its run, but it looks like the company printing it as uh, something new out. And he hands you a comic. On the cover, a city along the water at night, searchlights across the dark sky. In each light are four faces with names and contrastingly colorful font below them. Falcon Girl. No, he would not be impressed. He'd be like 50 times more pissed than he already is at me. Royale. Yeah, watching and seeing what happens isn't stopping the crime. Remix. Am I the only one confused why Quasi can whisper? Quasi Raptor. Quasi never gets to eat. Above them, in white font with yellow bordering, the words Cape Chronicles. Available every first and third Wednesday of each month starting March 2nd, 2022 from Project Derailed, wherever you get your podcasts. It is cramped in here. Hey, I'm Saker. And I'm Evan. And our podcast is It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hey, what's that podcast about, Ev? So, do you know of a band called Bare Naked Ladies? One week. Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Did you ever want to learn more about them? Or... Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well, then this is the podcast for you because we teach you nothing with various guests. Yeah, like uh, like Matt Besser. Holy we shit. Climbed in a second story window and partied in this house where we barely didn't know at all the people that was crazy holy fuck mike mitchell why well, I, I don't know how how like how much you guys really do love bare naked ladies justin mcelroy grab your tongue grab your tongue and i want you to say Our born tongue. on a pirate ship Bum on the pilot ship. you were born on a pile of shit and many more so check it out but also if you don't like bare naked ladies we talk about them probably like a third of the time so. uh yes that's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We could make a board game about it. Back on Toral, I was a nobody. I got teleported out here, and here I'm something. I'm somebody. The Voidfarer begins maneuvering towards this 200-meter-long space whale. To handle one of these, you need grit. Is that something you have? I'm a tiny little guy. Of course I got grit. If you tried anything, it would end very poorly for you. This illithid dreadnought warps away, accelerating to spell jamming speed as quickly as they arrive. Who the fuck? <laughs> 
What am I trying to say here, Ravnus? That we're crew. I like that. We're crew. That is a natural one. <sighs> you send yourself sailing out the side of the ship, untethered. Oh. I'm putting a python into the ground. I'm wrapping my rope around it, and I'm jumping into the gravity well. <laughs> a gnome, a halfling, and a half-orc walk into a bar. I forget the middle part, but the punchline is feathers everywhere, and that's not my peanut butter. I cast Tasha's in his laughter. Climb aboard for Tales of the Voidfarer, wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, my consequences have actions. Wait. <laughs> wait, wait, way around. wait. projectderailed.com